All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. Oh, my God. How you doing? You okay? How's everything at the place? Everything worked out with that thing? Did that? Did you get that stuff in the mail that you're waiting for? Did that package come? Are you okay? Did the pills work? Is it all gone now? How's that? How's your eye? That thing with your eye, is that better? The thing with your eye? Did that cold sore calm down a little bit? <laughs> did you did you lose the finger? What's happening? I don't know, you guys. Come on. I'm, I'm beat up all the time. I beat myself up all the time. I just, it's not a mental thing. It's a physical thing at this point. I've been working out and then I go up the mountain and uh, I, I do it two, three times a week, straight up this mountain. And then I run down. And every time I run down, I'm, I'm just playing with fire because I'm a breakable 56 year old man. I think my bones are relatively strong, but I got a buddy of mine, only a couple years older than me, broke his hip. Classic. He did the classic hip breaking, but not just, you know, falling in the shower, getting up. Uh, he was fucking mountain biking. Mr. 58-year-old. I got to be honest with you, man. I know everybody's on this alpha kick. Every middle-aged man is shaving their head and doing the goatee and getting jacked up on the supplements. You can't impose alpha. You can't make your bones stronger than they are. You will be humbled. You will be humbled by your stupidity if you let your ego and vanity compel you. And fear, yes. Don't break yourself trying to prove that you're what? Something you weren't even when you were 25. Am I being vague? Um, Kate Nash is on the show today. Hi, Buster. Buster, come here. Buster, get on the mic. Kate Nash is uh, is here today. And it's been a while that I've been working with Kate. And I've had people tell me I should have Kate on. But I didn't know what Kate did. And I did some research. I listened to her music. I realized she's a big pop star in the UK and a bit here. She's got a new uh, album out right now. She's also my co-star on Glow, but I just knew her. She was the British lady. But now I know, I know this whole story, and it's a great story. And uh, I finally talked to Kate. She's here. Also, um, I'm going to be taking a vacation. Uh, we're going to keep putting up shows, but uh, I'm going to take a vacation. And I want you people to know something. I'm going to go back to um, Ireland. I'm telling you, man, I got a thing for Ireland. And I, I'm not going to lay it all out. Yeah, I'm just taking a trip. I've, I've, just, I've pulled back a bit, as you know, over the past few years from sharing too much of my personal life with you because it, it's, there's certain elements of it where I've gone through several relationships here on the mics, and each time I've, I've talked to you less and less about them, not because we're not friends, folks. It's got nothing to do with, with you. It's just like there's part of me that I have to keep to myself. It's like Instagram. Same thing. It's like what the fuck are people doing on Instagram? Here's what I'm telling you. I've pulled away. You know, I've pulled, I've pulled back from uh, Twitter. I've, I've gotten rid of my Facebook page altogether. I've kind of shut some of the light out of my personal life here on this podcast 
and now Instagram. I've been more active on Instagram, but basically just letting people know what's up, checking in, that kind of stuff. The shows, the cats. I can be, you know, I, I can be candid about the cats. They're not going to get upset by not feeling that they can represent themselves on the mics here. But Instagram is like this whole other thing. Like I do check Instagram. I follow a few people. I don't know who to follow. I can't follow too many people because I don't get too many people in my feed. But I've had this issue with Instagram and Twitter, to be quite honest with you, where, look, there is plenty of people I know in my life that I don't see every day or even hardly at all. But I know them for years and I'm in the same community, comedians, people I work with in show business. And some I follow them on Twitter. And on Twitter, it just gets to the point with some people where it's like, how many posts are you going to do? Like, when does this? When is this not just some weird cry for help? I mean, what do you? What? What do? You, what is the impulse? If it's not just a sort of like, "Hey, I'm doing this. What's up?" Maybe do a couple of jokes. But some people seem to be having this one side conversation where they present themselves as however they want to present themselves, whether it's funny or just earnest or concerned or or like on the pulse of what's happening or outraged or whatever it is. You know, when somebody posts more than 10, 15 times a day, it's like, are you okay? Why, I know you, but I didn't, I didn't know you to be so annoying and, and desperate somehow. And then Instagram takes it to this whole other fucking level where it's just, I've had to, I've had to unfollow people on Instagram because I like them as people, but if I follow their Instagram feed, I start to resent them. And I get mad at them. And it's almost like they keep barging into my door. Like I'm just trying to have a life and every four or five posts, a person who I used to like is going, hey man, remember me? Look what I'm doing now. Look, at, look I got a hat. I got, look at that hat I got on. Hey, look who I'm standing with. Look how many, look at, hey, look at, look at my children. Hey, look at, look at, this is the thing I'm doing out, uh, out in the world and I want you to know that I'm doing it. And I get to a point where I'm like, all right, you know, uh, I'm glad everything's going good and that you're excited to share it, but uh, I can't do it anymore. And I'm sure people have had that experience with me, but uh, why are you doing it? What is, what is the need to do it? I'm trying to explore what is my need. I'm like, well, I got something I kind of want to say. Like with Instagram, I've, I just want to check in with people, tell them what I'm doing, say hi, how's the day going? And this is the podcast that's coming up and occasionally my cat's. And that's fun, but that's it. Once once every few days, really. Twitter, I don't post at all, hardly ever. And it's, you know what? It's a relief. I've gotten some of my life back and it's mine. I and I and I can have it. I don't need to share it. Too many Instagram posts, that's all I'm saying. Take it down a notch. Did I tell you about that thing? I went and hosted that um Silver Lake Conservatory of Music. Uh, benefit the other night again third year in a row and i gotta be honest with you not an easy gig not a fucking easy gig but i do it for the kids it's flea from the chili peppers it's he started the place and it's a great thing it's a great thing given that so many of the public schools aren't teaching music anymore and these music is very important whether you turn out to be a musician or not learning an instrument building a relationship with an instrument having that to express yourself or to comfort you or to entertain people it's great and as you know as the heat rises and the apocalypse is upon us we're going to need more traveling minstrels to visit the sort of ever shifting migrant camps around the country to where water is and they're going to be nice it's going to be nice to have somebody you know constructing 
and writing and entertaining with a few sad songs of the trek to find water in the new world. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to it's going to be essential. So you might want to think about getting your kid onto an instrument so have something to do when the the grid breaks down and you have to go organic and just be on woodwinds or handmade instruments of different kinds, perhaps from garbage and whatnot. But it'd be nice to have a, a basic understanding of a musical instrument when you have to build a musical instrument out of junk and garbage to travel with in, in these wagon trains that are going to be happening from uh, broken down Teslas and uh, you, you know horse-pulled carriages that were once motorized cars. Um, how do I know all this stuff? It's coming to me right now. It's, I'm just a, a vessel. I'm just a, a, a channel. That's all. I'm just saying, maybe we're in an instrument for the end of the world so people don't have to cry all the time and there can be sing-alongs. But anyway, so I'm hosting this thing and it's difficult because it's a big room of fairly rich people. Uh, and like last year, I got it was great because I was with Randy Newman and I got to eat dinner with him. The year before that, it was Katie Lang. And this year, the Chili Peppers always play, but they have a guest. This year, it was Eddie Vedder. And... I, you know, I open the show. I don't do much material. I just, you know, kind of keep things going, keep a through line. Then at some point I do material, but it kept getting pushed up this year. Like, you know, I was just going to do a few minutes. I knew it was going to be terrible in the sense that I was going to, wasn't really going to be able to get the audience to focus or listen to me. And it kept getting pushed up to the point where it was like, all right, I was going to do it before the Chili Peppers performed. And then they're like, why don't you do it after in between the Chili Peppers and uh, Eddie Vedder's. And like if I had gone up right after the Chili Peppers, they, they, I would have held the audience. But they're like, just wait until better yeah, they get him set up. And I'm like, holy shit. So like now it's coming down to it. They've set the stage for Eddie Vedder. I don't know Eddie Vedder. And uh, they're like, okay, just go up and do your three to five. And it's like ridiculous. No one's paying attention. I rose above it and I wouldn't let it be embarrassing. And I knew I told them, I'm like, this is great. I'm glad I volunteered for this. I'm glad I volunteered for this tanking. God damn it. So I'm, I'm, I'm just up there and I'm doing a few jokes. I'm getting nothing really. And I look over at the side of the stage and Eddie Vedder is dying laughing. And I'm like, don't do that, Vedder. Do not laugh at my failure. Do not laugh at my pain, Mr. Vedder. But I fucked myself because that means that they knew that he was waiting to go on. So I had to end my act there. It kind of worked out. And I brought Vedder up, took a couple shots at him before he got up there. And then he was... Um, he was very kind of like, hey, Mark, I wasn't uh, laughing at your failure. I was laughing at your courage, man. I was laughing with you. It's very courageous. I'm like, oh, God damn it. That just made it worse. Play your songs. It was my mistake. Who the fuck thinks that going up in between two of the biggest rock acts of the last 30 years at a small venue event where people are eating dessert is a, is a good idea? Who volunteers for that? Me. I did it. I volunteered for it. Kate Nash is here, and uh, it's quite a story. Her latest album, Yesterday Was Forever, is available wherever you get music. You can also watch her in all three seasons of Glow, streaming now on Netflix. And uh, it was great to talk to her and get to know her. I've been, been working with her for three years. It's never too late, folks. This is me and Kate Nash. <laughs> It's nice to see you. Nice to see you too, Mark. I mean, we go through periods where we see each other almost every day. <laughs> yeah. 
We not, it's not like we're hanging out. We're working. Yes, we're very serious. And anyway. it's taken me this long to have you on the show, <laughs> even though people are like, why don't you have Kate on? She's a, a big star in music. And I'm like, is she though? <laughs> You're like, who is she? Yeah, who is she? <laughs> what does she do? Where does it happen? Yeah. But it turns out you are kind of a big star. <laughs> I just, it took me this long to do you the just research. You didn't believe him. No, I believed it, but what, I'm an old man. <laughs> and I, like, I, I didn't watch the documentary because I thought it would affect our conversation. Okay. What is it called again? Underestimate the Girl. Now, that documentary was, you set out to just, it was supposed to be like, just this sort of like, we're going to follow this pop star around. Yeah. And do a documentary about her journey in America. So it was like, yeah, I got approached. I didn't set out to make a documentary. I you, wasn't like, I think it's time for me to make a documentary. I just got you asked. Didn't, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, it wasn't my self-generated. Idea. No, it wasn't self-generated. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was like, I just moved to LA, and I was saying yes to anything that I was just saying yes to stuff. This was like two thousand and fourteen. Oh, okay. Fourteen, yeah. And um, when and did we start doing Glow? Sixteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so someone approaches you, I want to make a doc about you. Yeah. Because I know who you are. Mark Marin doesn't, yes. but I do. Yeah. I and did who a, was that? It was um, Amy Goldstein yeah. and, and this woman, Anishka, and, and they, they, we had a hairdresser in common. And she okay. did my hair for Coachella, and then I'd done this like crazy like vagina sculpture show at Coachella. You did a vagina sculpture show? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I like made these vagina sculptures, and it was like- Like giant vaginas? Yes, but they were clearly vaginas. There was no. I don't know if clearly oh. is the word I would use, mm. but Name vagina God. interpretations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. So, but there was no denying they were vaginas. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah. There was a, a guy named Jonathan Ames. Yeah. Uh, he's a writer. He did a. He did this. I think he did a character called Mangina, that was <laughs> a, a man in a vagina suit. I like that. Yeah. Well, that you know, sort of. It's sort of a, a re- reaction to toxic masculinity, I think. Right, An right, inversion right. of it. All right, so nice. same hairdresser, vagina sculptures yes. for Coachella. Yes. So they just heard about it, and they were looking to work on a uh, new project. So they're they like, said, this, this artist seems interesting. Yes, and right. they wanted to film with me, and yeah. we just started filming. And they didn't really know at first. It was like, oh, this may be... TV show this maybe we'll just see and I'm like yeah. okay I'll just do whatever because I don't know what I'm doing here and you're new new to town new to what, LA you want to you want to crack America yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> whatever that means yeah you're gonna make it in the USA gonna make it in the biz yeah yeah and um and we start filming and they and they also said stuff you know they were like well you know documentary sometimes you have to kind of like create scenarios and <laughs> yeah we're going to get you in trouble yeah so you you emote yeah. properly yes yeah and i said i don't think that's necessary because i just te- like dramas around yeah i'm oh. sure that something weird but is going to happen but shit was not hitting the fan yet not yet i mean shit is always hitting the fan in some way but but at this point though they were just sort of interested because you they were, were interested. on the you were kind of like on the rise right in right the i did that i'd like i had been dropped by my record label already already and i had like per- continued mm. through that and kind of kept afloat but did they know that when they this. asked you yeah they did i was kind of like making it on my own mm. you know like i'd survived being dropped by a record label right you, and it was kind of like what do i do now well okay so that's <laughs> and, and that's when the doc sort of takes a turn like you know it was supposed to mm. it, it, like from what i understand yeah uh it got a little more kind of personal and a little more raw 
yes. than was anticipated. It was supposed to be sort of a an ascent. Yeah. Was the hope. Well, that's always the hope. Right. She's going to land on her feet. She's on her own. <laughs> well, is own it the hope? I feel like documentary makers, maybe they kind of are secretly hoping for a little bit of a descent as well. Sure. Well, they they want to, well, <laughs> either that or they want people to watch it and go like, well, I don't know who's at fault here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's the bad guy? <laughs> Am I the bad guy? <laughs> so, okay. So let's go back because I've been listening to music today. Okay. I got into it. Seems cool. like the new record or 2018, the last record. Yeah. You're like rocking harder. Yeah. Is yeah. that true? Yeah. I think like <laughs> 2013 was like my angry record. That was, so the Girl first talk. record, right. The first record's 2007. Yeah, Made of Bricks. Well, that was, okay. So let's go back to that because I, I don't even know what the, what kind of music it is really. Yeah. I mean, I know it's sort of like my second wife listened to Lily Allen. I know there's a British poppy thing mm-hmm. that's sort of dancey, but kind of fun. Yeah. And it, that, I, I, it's that area, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, I feel like there was a scene in London happening at the time where it was like British artists being British uh-huh. because there was so much before that that was like even British artists singing in American accents because everyone oh. you know like that it was all, kind of felt, a thing it felt like a lot of the British pop uh, you know power pop from the 80s to me there was some of that in there mm. and maybe in the later record there's a little Roxy music in there I don't yeah. I don't have that you know like I could hear British music and squeeze yeah. Even. yeah 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 yeah. is that all in there yeah I mean I just <laughs> played the piano and so that's what I had as maybe, my outlet. Maybe it's just because you're British. I just associate it with We're every British, yeah, thing. every British thing that I've yeah, ever exactly. heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I grew up listening to like the Beatles. My parents listened. I, Nielsen, I loved Nielsen so much. Harry's pretty great. Janice, I love Harry, and Janis Joplin. And I, I had like a lot of good music around me as a kid. You're screaming on this record too, a little more. Oh, I thought you meant right now. No, but on this <laughs> record, it seems to be your. Yeah, screaming kind of came into my life in like 2010. Oh. Well, not in my personal life, but in the record, in the in the yeah, uh, I just kind the... of had a lot of anger after my first record because of all this sexism I experienced, like in the industry. But, but the record was huge, and I imagine it was huge with a lot of girls. Yes, it was. Yeah, uh, it feels like uh, that the the first record was a number one record in in the UK, right? Yeah. In Europe, yeah, and I'm and just by the nature of. The music, I'm like, well, this isn't necessarily speaking to me. It's enjoyable, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I can see how girls would be like, yes, yeah. <laughs> this is this is my heart. It was like identity. Well, I it got called one of the things that I love about that record is that it got called like in a in a way at the time it was being reviewed in a sort of derogatory way too of like um, it's like a teenage girl's diary. Oh, and I was like, that is the best thing you could ever be well that's such a like a weird dumb british commentary like it, you know why is she being so honest and telling us this <laughs> why stuff? is she a teenage girl yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one cares about them except everyone in the world is trying to market everything towards them right <laughs> we don't want to know how they feel we just want to use them yes yeah just run money through them yeah 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 but how did the first album come about? And when did you start doing this? Where'd you grow up? Let's ask a lot of questions. Okay. I have no sense of England. <laughs> and when I have British people on, I always feel stupid because I, I can't I can't do what I usually do, which is like, oh, you're from New Jersey? I know New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to tell me things. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to have to ask you dumb questions. So where'd you grow up there? Harrow. North Harrow. Harrow? Yeah. Is that uh, in London? Yes, it is. Northwest London. It's near Wembley, kind of. Near Wembley Stadium? Yep. And it's, it's uh, is that a, what kind of neighborhood is it? It feels suburby, 
there's mm. all these like zones like outer zones of like you know what zone one to six and oh. it feels kind of suburby there yeah um, which zone were you in five wow zone five yeah. this sounds like a, a weird dystopic future movie <laughs> yeah. i didn't know that i lived in zone that. five uh-huh. yeah well lucky you weren't in zone six right <laughs> or zone seven no that's way don't want to be there i went to a school when i was 16 called the brit school what did were your parents like what they do my mom's a nurse like a, a nurse nurse? Yeah. At a hospital? Yeah. Huh. What other kind of nurse is there? Well, there's nurses that work in doctor's offices. There's specific types of nurses. My mom has worked in like so many different areas of nursing mm. and she's very strong and good nurse. And she was working, she's worked in like a cancer unit, like when she had cancer and stuff like that. Oh, she's like wow. very strong. And then she worked in a hospice for many years. Uh, when uh, For people on their way out? Yeah. Oh my God. I know. So she understands it. Yes. She gets the transition. She's she under a, Yeah. She understands life. Death is like a big thing in my life, I feel like, because really? of that. I just feel like Why could she'd go to work and she'd come home and be like, Well So many people died. Mr. All the Johnson's time. gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it took, yeah. Him, it, was, it took shorter time than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> and she, that was just her job. And you just, yeah, every day would hear these different stories and you kind of get to know these people because she'd be talking about her work and then oh and then you'd like go through all these stories. I mean, I, I mean, I remember stories of like this couple getting married in the hospice and like they knew that, that she was going to die and then oh. she died. I mean, just all these but, you know, emotional the, stories. I don't know why I'm being like, oh God, like it's a horror show. Like to me... Mm. I think it would behoove all of us to have some sort of acceptance or yeah. deeper understanding of that process. Yeah. Right? Because no. it's inevitable. It's one of the few things. It's the only... It's like... Inevitable. <laughs> it's the main thing that we like we try to deny. And right. That, that's like definitely well, happening. Definitely For happening. For sure. And we're all so scared of it because, <laughs> yeah. you know, who yeah. knows? We don't want to be in pain. I'm not scared of dying myself. I, Are you I, really not? I mean, I'm scared if it's like violent and horrible. Yeah. But I'm I'm more scared of like everyone I know dying and that just being really sad. They're gonna They're gonna die. Everyone I know is gonna die. It's so it's so sad. But it's also it's just like that's fucking the world, this planet. It's like everything. It's the way it is. Yeah. I think if we like definitely kind of accepted that more then there'd be healthier people. So did you find that early on when your mom was doing this, did she tell you? I mean, was there any like I would assume that it, it's sort of dark, but but if she was acting like it's just the way it is, she's very practical, and it's like no bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And she actually she really hates um, passed away or we've lost them. What did she say? Died. Died. She's like yeah. somebody has died, and you can't, <laughs> as a nurse, use language that's like trying to dress it up in any other way. Like yeah. they didn't pass uh, away anywhere; they yeah, died. They died. It's like doctors. Like there's, yeah. it's cancer. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the prognosis is what it is. You can try, <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean, there's just I don't know. I remember like my granny dying, and I remember yeah. the way my mum talked about that, and yeah. like I was, we were all there. That she's Irish as well. My mum. So there's like such a different. Oh, they're pretty God. matter of fact. An Irish funeral in comparison to an English funeral, <laughs> which I've had. <laughs> what is the Irish? What is the difference? It's so much more alive at an Irish funeral. Really? English funeral is like awkward, silence, depressing. Oh, yeah. Sad. Yeah. And like stiff. Yeah. And just. You feel very let's, depressed. Let's get it done with. You're like, this is such a fucking sad way to go out. Yeah. That's why I feel it in English funeral. No I'm matter like, what it is. This. Yeah, yeah. Whereas an Irish funeral, it's like, 
fucking let's do this you yeah. know like you sit and you cry and yeah. you're like vocal and people have things to say and they and you laugh someone left my granny's funeral yeah like cackling with laughter to my mum and said i've had the best time <laughs> and then they were like oh god i'm so sorry and she was like no that's exactly what she would have wanted a celebration you know? of someone's you, life you, you, i just remember like crying and laughing and crying and laughing and like talking and being loud and like eating and like yeah just doing that for like a week well, i think out of any culture you, you know I, I think the irish sort of know <laughs> That yeah. the shit's going to get bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, not only are we going to die, but <laughs> probably going to happen sooner than you want it to. And yeah. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I love uh, the Irish personally. Me too. You're, and your your dad's English? Yeah. Yeah. What's he do? He's a systems analyst, hmm. which is, I don't really understand my dad's job very much. It's no like, one does. He just works like- 80% of the people that I talk to don't understand their father's <laughs> job. <laughs> he just looks at a screen and it's like coding. Mm. And he's like- dick, 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 dick. Does he love it? <laughs> I don't think he loves it. He's just really good at what he does and he yeah. works really hard for his family. Oh, that's nice. He's a very hardworking guy. That's he doesn't it. love it. Yeah. How many? How many? It. How big's a family? I have two sisters. Older? One older, one younger. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm the difficult middle child. Is it? Is that standard? We're all pretty difficult, actually. Is that true? I just get, yeah, I think so. Why do you think? I don't know if I've heard that. I don't have any kids. I think. <laughs> and I'm not a middle child, <laughs> but I like the idea. Of being in the middle? Of, of the middle child being difficult. I think, I think every child thinks they have it the worst, but I feel like the middle child is like, well, the older one got to do everything right. and didn't have a strict rules because yeah. you didn't know. And then the younger one gets away with it because you can't be bothered by the time you get to the younger one. So the middle one gets the like, we've done this before, so we know how to be strict. And then by the time they get to the last one, they're like, oh, I can't be bothered. Can't right, be bothered. right, right. So they just get away with everything. Oh, I get it. So it, is it weird having a mom as a nurse because like when you guys get sick, she's like, all right. I feel like it's it's, it's equipped to me when I go into a hospital now yeah. and I have to be there either for someone else or myself. I know the questions to ask. I know how to be demanding. Really? I know that you have to do that. There's yeah. certain things you have to look out for yourself. Because yeah. Did you go to the hospital a lot when you were a kid? I had a heart um, condition when I was 16. Oh, I think so, I saw that in the, in the research somewhere. Yeah, in the research file. <laughs> a heart condition? <laughs> yeah, I had heart surgery. I had like a... Um, tachycardia thing tachycardia so it went it went oh no shit it got stuck on a loop yes really burn off the loop really yeah like that fast like cocaine fast yeah it felt horrible yeah it's like here in your throat yeah and it got like um i have asthma as well so asthma too huh (laughs) poor me (laughs) um so one of the side effects for taking the drugs for asthma can be like a, spal- a sped up, like palpitations, right? Oh. So when I would complain of having a fast heartbeat, yeah. my mom didn't really, was, she was like, oh, it's, it's just Probably like a side medicine, effect. Yeah. But then one night she like felt it and was like, we need to go to the emergency room right now. <laughs> it's a lot faster than I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and how old were you when that happened? Um, 17. But was that like- The surgery but, was 17. But was it like any fear that you would die? Yes. Ah. Uh. Yes, there was, and I just didn't really know what to do with that at 17. What, because of the surgery you could die? It was like, here's, the doctor was like, here's the statistics that like when you have the surgery, it could go wrong or you could have a stroke or you might end up with like a pacemaker and here's what's going to happen if you don't have it. And then like, these are the percentages and you should make the decision. And I was like, I'm 17. I don't know what, how to make any decisions. Did your mom step in there? Well, it ended up actually getting so bad that I had to have the surgery. So I, that was kind of a relief because oh I was God. like, oh, at least so I didn't have to make the decision. Actually, I had this crazy surgery where 
they kept me awake and they put three tubes in the top of like one thigh and two tubes in the top of the other and they pushed them through me whilst I was awake and like drugged me and stuff. Oh, they pushed the, the I tools? Needed, like these tubes. So yeah. I could okay, feel tubes. like these tubes. In your, in, in, in your veins. It's a very strange feeling. In your artery, right. Yeah, going through the uh. stomach like, and then they like stuck this laser through and they lasered off. So you can Whoa, feel it like burning my, in your chest. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool, right? Oh, did you write a song about it? <laughs> I didn't actually. Hmm. I know. I never pieced it together into my creative. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think about how this affected me until recently. Really? I brushed that thing off quite quickly. Well, because you got through it. And yeah, I, I guess like if you survive something, if, yeah. it, if it didn't cause you, well, I don't know, maybe it's a PTSD thing. Yeah. Right? I think I just didn't acknowledge any of those like mental health things till like late in my 20s. What and other, then. What other ones? Like OCD and anxiety and all of that. Like I just was like. Do you have real OCD? Yeah. Well, how does it manifest itself? It's like tied into the anxiety and it will just be like controlling me with things I have to do. Mm. And. Um, I do that. Yeah. But, but you don't have a paralyzing kind of like you got to touch the doorknob five times. And yeah, you, I have that. Oh, you do? But Oof. I controlled it in a very strange way with um, becoming vegetarian. Which okay, because that's a control thing? I um, I had no idea. This is all like stuff I've realized later. But I, so I got this bunny rabbit when I was like 23. How old are you now? Is that right? You don't How old am I? 32. 32. Okay. I was like 23 or something. I, I don't know if that's rude to ask, but you seem, no, you, no, you can handle it. <laughs> I'm fine with the truth, Mark. We're all going to die. Yeah, I know. That's I'm, what we, I we've covered my that. Death. Good. We accept it. <laughs> oh, I don't want to go yet, though. A couple more years. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. At least a couple. 30, 23, bunny. Right. So I get a bunny, and I like just underestimated uh, how much a bunny, like any pet, is it's like being. And I, I just kind it. of fell in love with her. And I was like, oh my God, I thought this was just going to be like a bunny. Yeah. And she's like my child, and I'm obsessed with her. And then she had to have this surgery because, like, you know, I got her neutered, spayed away. Yeah. And the doctor's like, it's really risky because she's a small bunny, so, like, to put her under is risky. And I was like, Ugh. Yeah. And I started, like, having these meltdowns about that. and About the bunny going under? Yeah. And so then all my OCD things were like, you have to do them because if you don't, she won't make it through it the surgery. It does not sound like your mother's fortitude rubbed off on you at all. <laughs> it didn't. I have zero logic. <laughs> zero logic. There was no acceptance around the bunny. This bunny. <laughs> no, no. She couldn't go. Yeah. So everything was controlled by that and it got pretty crazy and I was like kind of it was like the main thing in my life the and bunny. then and just all the rules of like stuff I had to do I'd be like can't leave the house and I'd be like I have to go back because I didn't do this and I didn't fold that and I have to do it in that same way I have to do them you know, now at, that. where were you in your career when that was happening I was in an interim period in between my first and second record okay, I think so, I was like writing my second record so what happened with the bunny so she had this so I had an argument like the night before the surgery with a friend who was vegetarian who was like you need to be vegetarian yeah and I was like, no, I don't. I like animals, but I can still eat meat. And then the next day I woke up and I was like, if I don't eat any animals, then she's going to be fine. And it was like a deal that That's I did. Some magical the thinking. <laughs> the way you said that. <laughs> it's, it's an ongoing conversation with me. I like to call it. It was like disgusted, but so profound. Well, it's like an, it's a theme with me right now. Is it? Yeah. But, but I think that anxiety and OCD that... 
you know, mystical thinking. I've had that before myself, yeah, and yeah. I try to call it out, but but that's what that was. But it helped. So what I did then was like, right? That's it's like because you don't have a you're not are you, you don't have a religion in place. No. Right. So there you go. You're inventing one as you go along. Yeah. Yeah. So I did this deal and then anytime that, and it's still, and I'm vegan now and I actually like, I'm very happy with my life choice that, you know, at first I was like craving meat and I didn't want to, I wanted yeah. to eat meat. And it was but you wanted that bunny to live. I wanted her to live. So I had to not eat it. Did it live? Yes. Is it still alive yes, now? Yes, she is. Can you <laughs> oh believe it? God. Magical thinking, huh? <laughs> Great. Why don't you apply it to a bigger thing? <laughs> <laughs> if you've got this power. Fix everything. <laughs> I will. Thank you. That's the um, next record. Just, it's just call it magical thinking and solve the world's problems. Okay, I'll try. So, well, that's interesting. But mm. so, because I imagine with the stress of the first record and the expectations. Yeah. So how does it, so? Let's go back. Yeah. To that, like, w- how does this record happen? I mean, we you're were you always doing music or? Yeah, I played piano as a kid, and I always sang, and I knew I wanted to. You play guitar too, though, right? I started playing guitar uh, when I was about seventeen. Mm. But yeah, I just like wanted to. I always wanted to do that, so I. But I'd also I was also like sidelined studying theatre, and I wanted to go to drama school, and then I got rejected from all universities and drama school. Really? Yeah, and huh. so that's when I. And I was working like fuck them, right? Fuck You're on television. <laughs> You're on TV, man. I'm a wrestler now. Yeah, fuck them. Um, and I was working in a fast food restaurant, and I just like decided mm. that I needed to do something because I was so bored, and I was Ugh, so a fast food restaurant. Yeah, I'm. I'm on. I don't want people to sound like a, it's not. You know, job's a job. But yeah, yeah. That sounds. A, it always sounds a little brutal. Yeah, yeah. The repetition of it. Yeah. I mean, I found working in like a shop worse, actually. Because no one's coming in. Because it's just so like, I don't know. There's something about the way that you're like, you're treated in a shop like that. Like, well, yeah, because like, you know, people have to come in there and make choices. With fast food, it's like, yeah, you know what we got. Yeah. It's right up <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> How many do you want of them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, well, this uh, fade. No, yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah. Do you want the shirt? I think I got brought in for like a meeting about a clothes hanger once. Ugh, and I was man. like, this is really the worst, lowest point for oh, me. It's like, terrible. Retail? Rough. Yeah, retail's rough. really rough. Um, so I just, I was like afraid of doing a gig, but I became so bored that fear was interesting at yeah. least. So I could like go, well, at least I'm going to feel scared and that'll be fun. Oh, so you were like, we were so bored and <laughs> you wanted to do music. Yeah, but I was too scared. Too but scared. Like, but then it was one of those things where it's sort of like, but that could never end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what did yeah. you do? So I printed off like, printed off. Yeah. I uh, burnt a CD with like my demos I'd been making on my laptop and I took it to the local like bar indie like club. Yeah. And I said, I want to play a gig. And I started a, a music MySpace account. Oh, and I'd broken my foot at this point. So it was like I had all this time to like work on like the music and the- How'd you break website. your foot? Fell down the stairs. In your house? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and so then I got, I was like a soon, it was kind of a thing where it was like, I like making deals with yeah. someone or myself it's as soon another, as- It's another rabbit deal? No, it was like as soon as I'm, as soon as my foot is healed, I'm going to do my first gig. Like that's what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. then I did that and- um. And then I just played that first show and I was like, this is the best thing ever. So you started the MySpace account because I remember MySpace mm. and I was on there, but I never really got the hang of it. It yeah. seemed like a lot of a lot of maintenance. It wasn't as good for 
comedians as it was I for, imagine, yeah. uh, for musicians. musicians. It was amazing for music. Is it still out there? No, it's no. completely, they've lost everything actually. But I think that it is the, like, the freest thing that we've ever had for like music, like careers. As a musician, was it was like... Music. It was as, it was as honest as the internet could be because like, you could just put it up. There was there. no sponsors. Right. There was no one in control. Literally, kids were just listening to stuff. And there wasn't other platforms. Yeah, and there was. It was really. No, it, I got emailed by lawyers, record labels, managers. All came through message DMs on MySpace. Because they liked your music, because it was like, picking because, up. Because I was getting loads of plays, and I was playing shows in London, and they were getting it was so, like a hyped period of time for me. So, so the so. first phase one was you you made the CD. Phase two was you put it up on MySpace, mm. and then how many songs did you put up there? You could put four at okay. first. You could only put four. And so you put four up, and yeah. it just it started to happen. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you could actually because it was starting to happen, you could say like, well, I'm playing at this place, so they would go see you. People would start coming, yeah. Oh. And I had like, I had really good friends as well that were coming, like I think one of the key things in music scenes yeah. is friends jumping on top of their bands. Because if you go to a show and it's so hot, it, like the big first few shows are so exciting because mm. there's a bunch of people really keen supporting this person. Yeah. Then other people get involved because of that. I think yeah. like, all bands that I like can think of, they're like, that I know of at sort of in this period of time is yeah. like all their friends were going. It became like a really fun night out that everyone just wanted right. to be at, you know? Yeah. And that's how scenes start. I yeah. Think. So you were part of a scene? Yeah. Like the sort of 2007, there was a lot of like UK artists doing like a very British storytelling style of music and like playing gigs. Are there we other ones playing, that people would know? Like Jamie that, T. Yeah. Um, like Lily Allen, Adele, yeah. like, you know, Florence, like all these Do people. Do you know Adele? I went to school with Adele. You did? Yeah. Where? She was in the year below me at Brit School. Really? Did you yeah. know her? Yeah, yeah. I knew Adele. Every, I mean, everyone kind of knew Adele because she was always like an amazing singer and like singing around the school and stuff. So You know, I don't know a lot of her music, but mm. I, I know that I like her. <laughs> That's all you need to know then. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I'm not alone, obviously, but I, I've yeah. heard her sing a few times, but yeah. it's sort of one of these things like, do I want to investigate that more? I don't know. Okay. I, I'm, I'm I, like, there was a moment there. I'm like, I have to get all of Adele's records. <laughs> but I, I for the didn't. room downstairs. Yeah, did it, exactly. All right, so that's all going on, and you're kind of part of that. You're in it or on the fringes yeah, of it, or yeah. it's happening we were on all, all like, levels. We were all like at the same shows. Yeah. I mean, there's more people I haven't. Did you know Lily Allen? The Kooks as well. Yeah, you knew yeah. her. I didn't know her like really well, uh, but it was like we knew each other. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone kind of knew each other because you, you're just like young people playing the same venues yeah. and like you know right. Lily Allen like had me in her top eight and stuff at the uh, beginning and stuff like that. And um, so you're all supporting each other. Yeah, it was yeah. it was communal feeling. It was like a community, which and is really nice. And so. The like the first you released foundations as a single. I released a seven inch um, that had a song "Caroline's a Victim" and "Birds," and it was like vinyl. That was the first one. Yeah, and then I released, and I was that my first gig was two thousand six. It was like April thirteenth, two thousand and six, and then and then foundations came out in like I don't know what month, but June, so you didn't have a June record. Two thousand seven. You didn't have a record. You had to put together a record, right? The I, first two songs were one of the two of the four songs you put on MySpace. Yeah. And then I like I had I had like probably like eight songs. I mean, yeah. you had to have eight songs to play a set list, so it was like I had about eight songs, huh. nine songs. And then I recorded the record, and then it came out in like I think it was like the summer of two thousand and seven. Mm. And then it that blew up, so it was like a quick blew crazy up. turnaround for me, and it was very. And strange. I, I listened to the stories. 
foundations as you know that's that seemed like a difficult relationship mm. were you writing from your life or were you just... no okay <laughs> i wasn't in a relationship oh. i mean i was in relationships but not really oh. but like i was always like i feel like i was just storytelling yeah, you know sure i didn't from have ex- like some experience yeah yeah like i i uh i think it's like if you're so you know like I was studying theater and just interested in like life. No, yeah, no, I know? get it. Yeah, I mean, like it, it took me a long time to realize that when people write songs, it's not all about them. Yeah, you not I mean? always. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of devastated me. I wanted, I want when I hear a song, yeah, yeah. like I listen to Jason Isbell or Nicolo or somebody, and, and I'm like, that's not you. And they're like, <laughs> no, we make up people. <laughs> what? But sometimes it's you, and sometimes it's not, and sometimes there's like little things that are of you. Of course, yeah, because you're writing it. Yeah. So the first record was called what? Made of bricks. Made of bricks. Yeah. And it went. It was huge. Yeah. Number one. Mm-hmm. So that's great. So yeah. now you've got an agent, you've got a label, you got a manager, got yeah. a lot of people taking your money. Yeah. <laughs> people know you on the street. Yeah. You're like a, a star. Right. Doing big gigs. Yeah, ten thousand capacity. Come on, just yeah. to see you. Yeah. 10,000 people are like, we're going to see Kate. Yeah, I sold out Hammersmith Apollo, yeah. What? Yeah. That's great. I mean, it was like very overwhelming. I think I- How old were you? 19. Wow. Something, I don't know, around that age. And I think it was a little much for me then. I think so. Did you have a, a combo together or was it just you on piano? Did you put a band together? I had a band, or? yeah. I had a band. Drummer? Yeah, drama, bass, like keys, like so uh, real guitar. Band. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had a lot of fun traveling the world together. Don't get me wrong, but it, it did get a little much. In what way? Like I just remember, like I mean, I just got worked like a donkey by and, the label. Yeah, and, and toured like crazy, and I was not mm. in hands that were like. I don't think anybody asked me, how are you? Are you okay? Like, there's things I should have, but like, there was no time off. I would go on like a six week tour on a bus in America. And, and you're then veganing? Jump. You're was vegan that? yet? No, I wasn't vegan oh, yet. Oh, yeah. Um, so you're eating shitty? Eating shit food across America. Drugs? Not really. Mm. Like, drinking a lot, though. Yeah. And then. So you toured the States? Because it was, was yeah. the record big here? It wasn't big. I mean, America's so big. It's hard. Yeah. Like it's. It wasn't like big, big. But I was like selling out shows and yeah. paying to like three thousand people. Oh, that's and, great. Um, this is two thousand seven. Two thousand seven into two thousand and eight, wow. and I just kind of like got exhausted. It was just like pure exhaustion, and like felt insane, and 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 yeah, burnt no. burnt out. I remember my last show of the whole yeah. two years. Yeah, I don't think I could even sing. I remember just being like. Uh, like thinking yeah. how do I get through this and just wanting to like die afterwards just oh, being like, and, that, and that's when you went home and bought the rabbit yeah yeah Sorry, so were you having a like like when when did it <laughs> how did it stop um I just got I mean two years is kind of as much as you can really tour something really yeah. okay so it had a natural it came to life. a cl- you yeah. do like two summer sort of festivals and you've, got, you've toured everywhere twice you can't really like go and do another tour you know you once to, a like, year have yeah. a new Right, album. gotta go make a new record. Yeah, 18 months. So they years. knew that. Yes, so they're like, go they, make a record. And I'm a like, skip. I don't even know if I want to make music ever again. I hate oh, everything. Right. I don't even know. Who's pressuring you, the label? Um, No, there wasn't ugh, so much. I mean, looking back, I'm kind of like, it's just weird to think how young I was around all these older men and none of them were like, how are you doing? Or mm. do you need some like mentor or like, how can we help you? It was more like, 
I think I just was like, I need to take time to just decide what I want to do. Mm. And I need to find that, feel like this is mine again, because yeah. it, I, I felt a bit like, I don't know if you've had this, but when I, at the first experience of doing it, just doing the same interviews. And I mean, what did I have more to say? I've had one right. record, I played the same songs every night. Yeah. I was young. Yeah. I didn't have like uh, so like, much look, more that I could give. Sounds like hell after a little while. Yeah. And then you start to feel like, do I, I was like, do I even like music? Yeah. I think I'm lying. <laughs> I don't even like it. Uh, yeah. I have, I have that conversation <laughs> about everything every day. Yeah. Like, yeah, what am I doing? Yeah. Do like, I like this, this anymore? Do I? Who am but I? Then, I'm and here fake. we are doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have those conversations <laughs> all the time. Yeah. But then, like, what's the alternative? Just sitting around going, like, <laughs> this is much better doing well, nothing. The worst is, like, I think worse than that is when you're really struggling. I've had the worst feeling I feel like I had was when I was, like, the world is almost, like, screaming at me to stop doing this. Yeah. Nothing's going Music. right. Music. Yeah, nothing's happening. Yeah. No one's really supporting you. Mm. But you're going to keep doing it anyway, aren't you? Well, you get too far in. You're not going to give up because it's like. But give up what? It's just like, what are you going to do? Go back to the fast food place? But I mean, there's other options, isn't there? It's I not, guess, I mean, but not in my mind. Not in my mind either. But that's the thing. <laughs> it's like you're not a normal person, right? And you're like, you have a dream, and you have like a passion, and you have yeah. art, and you care about something. Yeah. Or you've just been doing it a long time, right? You don't want to admit that you do, but you do. Well, no, it's like I've chose something and it took years to, you know, and I, but it, it sort of fit in with my particular mindset yeah. and my life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it, my whole life adapted to it. Yeah. You know, even before I had any success, it was sort of, you know, it's it's an unusual life. Definitely. But I don't know how to operate it real regular life. No, neither I, do I. And so I've tried kinda... and I just, this doesn't happen. <laughs> Is that, I don't know how to do it. Yeah, I, don't I actually don't know how to fucking do it. And I've yeah. tried. What, just to have a job? Desperation, needing to pay rent, like being in extreme debt, thinking, get me out of this. Like, just, just even for a little bit, like, how do I function? How does a normal person, I look at friends, I'm like, how do they do that? How do they, like, like how do what? I get into how, that? Like, what, how do I get work? A, yeah, like, how do you do it? And I just don't know. I didn't find out. But luckily, it worked out. <laughs> luckily. Luckily, it worked out. Well, yeah, there's some bad times. But I mean, I imagine <laughs> having those times, mm. you know, after you've had tremendous success, yeah. can't, that's got to be the worst. Like for me, it was like <laughs> a real slow build. Like, you know, I didn't, I had, I had, <laughs> I had some, like, I was, I've always been able to manage some sort of income yeah. in, in the world that I'm in. Yeah. Uh, but like, the, it never fell out entirely where mm. I made a bunch of money. Mm. I've mm. always thought it could. Yeah, yeah. So it I can. never, I never it spent. Can. I know it. <laughs> okay. Not even because of you. Like you know right. what I mean. It just like, goes away. See, I think about it all that time. Some people are gonna steal my yeah, money. Yeah, they they can. Like that happens well, to so many people. Well, what happened to you? <laughs> so you do the first record. You're losing your mind. You buy a rabbit. You get magical. You turn into a <laughs> vegan. Do you write? Do you, do you write? What happened? How do you make I another record? So I carry on like that with the second record for a while. What do you mean? You you were able to write the second record? Yeah, like, I did. I booked like a shitty rehearsal room that I loved and I just like wrote songs and I like was like, I'm just going to find the fun in this again. But it kind of carried on, you know, same kind of vibe. And then and then by the end of that, I... The record was similar? No, the record wasn't similar, but I just felt like it was kind of like the pattern. Yeah. You know, it was like, write and then tour for 18 months. Lose your mind. Lose your mind, do it again. I'm like, yeah. this is my life. This is what happens. This is how it's always going to be. And the money's coming in. The money's coming in. Yeah. yeah. 
which I have no concept of either because yeah, I'm fucking uh, like 20. Like, I, I mean, I, have, I mean, yeah, yeah. Then you, I don't even know. I don't think I, about I used it. to have more of a concept when I did it myself, but at some point you can't manage shit. You can't. And you hire somebody. And, and then, then you like, really have no hope concept. those guys are good guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pff, fingers I crossed. Yeah. I, I got to check and see how my Guess money is. Yeah. <laughs> and you call the money guy. And I'll ask those guys. And Stupid. then they could also it's, just tell me what they want, I guess. It seems like we should have a handle on it. But okay, yeah. so how's the second album do? So it doesn't do as well, but it's still like successful. You know, I, I'm still touring. I'm mm -hmm. like, um, and then... And then I like go through this like crazy breakup, relationship breakup, and I'm like, "What the heck I do?" Just, I just had a very specific taste in like not being in healthy relationships with people that liked me. Really, <laughs> let's explain that. Like, I think like so you just end up with people that liked you as opposed to you liking them. I ended up with a lot of people that liked drugs a lot more than they liked me, mm. and like didn't. How did that happen? I don't know. I think I just like. It happens. I think if when you're young, you get into a relationship like that. Are you a you... codependent person? Mm. An I enabler? I think, mate, mm, I don't know. Mm. I don't actually know. I think I just like, I re I, I met the first relationship I got in was like that. And then yeah. it like feels normal. And then you're just like, this is what a relationship is. <laughs> Me telling a guy to stop doing drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they work. And then suddenly and then I was he like, promises he will, and then you believe him. <laughs> and then him. he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just like break down your self esteem, yeah, like yeah. to like dirt, and then you rise like a phoenix. Yeah, great. Without ever really being intimate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of drama. <laughs> it's completely a and waste of win, time. And you win at the end because you get out. Right. If you get out, you yeah, win. Yeah. Great. So that was fun. Uh -huh. Additional stress. But it was really freeing to like, you know, <laughs> break up. And I, I sought out this producer, Tom Biller, who I love Who's that so guy? much. He's What's a producer. His? He worked on like Liars Records and like a Warpaint record. And just he always did like different stuff. I he, like Warpaint. Yeah. Yeah. He had done like so many different types of things and it all sounded really good. And I just like asked to meet up with him and came to LA and like met with him. And I was like, I want to make a record with you. And then we just did. And that we, was the third record, mm -hmm. and it was different, right? Had a different sound, different vibe, different yeah. feel. It was like grown up or what? It was like a bit more raucous. It was yeah. like you know more punky. Like who was in the band? Are you staying with the same musicians? I, I like some of my musicians had left for stuff they had going on in their lives, and then I like fired everyone and yeah. I hired an all girl band. Did you fire everyone like crazy firing? Like were you crazy? Like <laughs> I, I fired a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of people. Yeah. Um and got a girl band together yeah it was it was it was like just time to go mm. um and uh got this amazing girl band who's still like two of the girls are still with me now they're just amazing linda barato emma hughes um, is this when you moved here no this was 2011 but oh. i start this was my relationship with la kind of beginning because i made the record here i made it in silver lake in this mansion like that was a convent that's where we were recording in it was a convent mansion yeah it wasn't like because I, I know uh, rick rubin has a house that he records, and I think it used to be Charlie Chaplin's house or something, yeah. or somebody's house, or if somebody, you know, something more. This dark is one than of those that. famous ones as well. It's the like, convent. It's like or, up on Michael Terrena, and it's oh, like yeah. just amazing. Oh yeah, that's nice. Um, famous studio now, you mean? There's like a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of recordings have been done there. Oh, okay. Um, and we made this record, and it was just like this amazing kind of wild ride. And then my label were coming out and saying, 
you know, yeah, we love it. Da, da, da. And I like made all these videos. Yeah. And come home and I'm like ready to like do the whole thing again. Uh-huh. And everyone's being kind of weird. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, why aren't we kind of getting started? Oh, and really? I, I've like gone through a couple managers at this point and I have this other manager now who's like being weird and. So everyone's uh, kind of like, oh, yeah, 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 no, no, no. Yeah, we're going to, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, no, that tone. Something's the happening. Slightly, the slightly high pitch. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, don't yeah, freak yeah. out. <laughs> the worst tone. It's the worst. And uh, Oh, no one told you? Uh, <laughs> well, then I get a text. My manager's going to talk to my, to like sign, you know, all we need to do is like sign the other part of the deal, which is like the pickup or whatever. Uh, you know, you get like signed for like five records and each time they can decide oh, whether the they label. pick you up or yeah, throw you away. yeah, yeah. And so then I get a text from yeah. my manager going back to LA because she's from LA. And she's like, yeah, they didn't pick it up. So you've been dropped and I'm about to leave. I'm on a plane. So we'll talk. Good luck. And I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> I do got so, dropped by my label by text. And my manager's like, turning my phone off now. Bye. And I was like, cool. The worst. I'm just sitting on my sofa and being like, very frustrated right now. This, but So the record you just recorded had no home? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So then I was angry, yeah, very angry. And that kind of fueled the whole journey because it was like. But yeah, then they, who, so they paid the, to record the fucking thing and then they just, they didn't put it out? No, I paid. I oh. paid, I self-funded it because I was like, I want to make this now. Oh. And they hadn't like picked up the thing. So it was like a mixture of like me being like very headstrong and like needing to make the record then because uh-huh. I was like, I'm going to die if I don't make it now. Yeah. And then my managers being like, yeah, we'll just do this. We'll cover it. And like bad management and just kind of. Uh, that's bad management. They let you spend your money. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, it seems to be rule one in management. Right. Like, let me figure out a way to make someone else pay for that. Yeah. 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 So, so then I'd like spent all this money on the record and they weren't putting it out. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to fucking put it out then. And so I got distribution and, um, put it out myself what do you mean you got distribution you got released i just needed like a distributor because i oh, you, oh, to like online. make the record right, sure, and sure. like an aggregator and, yeah yeah so i got that and um and then we had like tours booked and i just like just went on the train and ride and just so, fucking rode the train till so you did actual vinyl or you mean you needed somebody to release it yeah online? there was vinyl <clears throat> both both yeah, yeah. like a distributor to so make sure more of your money uh yeah yeah uh. yeah so you dumped all your cash in. Yeah. Did you and how? Who, so, you, so you kept your manager. <laughs> it's funny. Um, no, I fired her the week before my album came out. So who? So no one's representing you. So no one you? managed me. How'd you so book the road gigs and shit? I had my agents. Oh, sorry. I did oh, have my agents. Have, okay, so I still right, had that. All right. All right. And yeah. then, yeah, and then I got a new manager who kind of came in in this chaotic time. So you toured that record though. Yeah. The third one, Girls yes, Talk? I played Lollapalooza and Coachella in 2014. Like that goes oh, that right up it. to 2014. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. But you went, so you did this record, you self-funded it, and you, you got you got it together, and then you toured. You ended up at Coachella, which is good. Yeah, Lolo was like the last gig we did. Okay, and, and then you go back to England? No, I went back to L.A., I did. I was like, I'm going to move to LA. Oh, you just that's recorded. So you recorded in England, and you went. You recorded here. You went back to England, and that's when they dropped you. And then you yes, came back. Yes, and then I just kept coming back to LA, and it was like I'm going to be. Here. It just like felt like I needed to be here. Yeah. So I moved. Um, and that's where we start the story. Of, <laughs> Chapter one. Yeah, that was. And that's where everything. <laughs> that was like the pre. So this is. And so this is like this is where the documentary <laughs> picks you up. Yeah. And the, and the only thing that still. Con- it seems like the only constant is the the living bunny. Oh yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So, so after that, you Not get like... a new manager. <laughs> now, when yeah. do you, and the record sells or no? I s- does girl talk do? It does all right. I'm really proud of that. I was like, I feel like I kept afloat. That's how I felt and you afterwards. M- made your like, money back? No. But, well, then I sign a publishing deal. And so then I get money from that. So I'm like, okay, I feel secure. I've, I'm financially secure. I oh, invested in all this. Publishing deal. And then you got people putting your stuff on movies and so TV they, shows. Well, that's the that's the goal. Right. So I get a big check of money to like live. And I'm like, yes, like yeah. I'm okay. In it's LA. All worth it. Yeah. You moved. Yes. And right. then I try and do this like bullshit, like writing for other people thing. Uh. This is the worst Thing anyone what, what, is that, what does that mean like oh, oh for, through the publishing it's deal it's the sausage factory of the music industry that's right, like why right. every song sounds the same so you pick and an artist the and you're, you're gonna try there's, to... a, there's like a board and it's like Jojo needs a song Rihanna needs a song and it's like here's and you, like three producers and you two writers and go in and try and write melodies and everyone's like bickering over like and you, and you get that through the publishing mm-hmm Okay. And I and I hate that it it knocks my confidence like crazy Ugh. because it's just it's just it's not why I do music it's not how I make music it's not how I write it's like it's like trying to hit the it's gold like here's r- a metaphor here's a mushroom right. let's come up with a bunch of like love metaphors and breakup metaphors about this mushroom and right. then like build like the the this has to be this many lines this is the pre this mm. is the chorus here's the bridge and the, yeah. and it's like a formulaic like yeah I hated it so much but if you nail one you can make some money <clears throat> that's what they're looking for yes yeah right if you get you get so and so to do the song it's always been like that yes song. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but you really have to get like a song like you know it has to be like Justin Bieber because I wrote a song for like like Rita Ora and it was like that didn't really get any money like you know <laughs> yeah, it has wait. to be like big 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 right big. right um and uh. And it was just like dip- my so self esteem is bro- going down. Broke your spirit. Yeah, and I've like got into another shit relationship with another drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and did like- you just pick the nodding guy at the club? <laughs> 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 like- oh god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and like, <laughs> I mean, I'm in the music industry. There's a lot of them out there. That's kind of like my yeah. colleagues. Uh-huh. So it's all like self-esteem. I didn't even realize my self-esteem is going down and down and down, and I'm yeah. like not really realizing it. And then I get into this humongous monetary dispute with a manager. One of the old ones. Mm-hmm. Which one? The, the one that first, came in. Second or the one third that one. came. The third, like probably like the fifth, but the one that came in. Oh, after you fired the one that texted you and then got <laughs> yeah. on the plane. Yeah. So the fourth one or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it just you know is like all my money's gone. What was the money? Was it tour money? What money? It was my personal income. Had. To depleted hugely for mysterious reasons mark really yes uh and you had to go to court yeah but it was like three i mean i went to court when we were like i I mean i don't know what year that was but it was it went on for like three it went on for a long time and uh i moved home i couldn't pay rent i moved home i had no no money that's when i like had that moment back to england i moved back to england i 2014 or 15 yep i sold my house in london like I had nothing I had to deal with this like tax bill on the publishing and it's all gone and there's like I'm like really tapped yeah and then I fire the guy I fire my manager and um and he sold your house yeah I've I've like got nothing to get even to I sell my house to pay the tax bill on right. the publishing deal but did, are you out of debt uh no I'm like I've got nothing I'm fucked then because I haven't even got like my asset of my house yeah. 
So you moved back in with your mother? So I moved back in with my mum. I remember the worst day where I'm like <laughs> lying on my bed. I was lying on my sister's bed. I was in my sister's room somewhere. And I was just really still. And I just remember being like, I just need to be really still right now. Because I can't like tip. Nothing can tip over right now. Okay, everything has to stay really still. And my mum comes in. And she was like, are you okay? And I was like, I just need to be alone right now. I just need to be really still. Like, please don't ask me any questions. And she's like, okay, I'm just going to lie here. And I just like froze and I like couldn't go any, I couldn't, I just like stayed there. Paralyzed. Yeah, paralyzed. Paralyzed. So worse. Yeah, it was. it's bad because like with the guttural emotion, you're like moving. But this was like, I can't go there. I just need to like keep everything yeah. still so I just stay here. How long did you stay there? A week? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. And then, I mean, I fucking auditioned for Glow and a month later I'm back in LA. Oh my God! So and glow saves my fucking life. Did you spin out like in L.A. though? When before you moved? Oh, it was back. Te- it was terrible. It was terrible. It was months of like, like, like lying on the floor. Phone calls with business managers. Phone calls with lawyers. Phone calls with, like, trying to f- to make this person responsible. Trying to get my money back. Trying. So did you come unraveled? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So you lost your, you lost it, and God, you went it home. Ter- it was fucking terrible. But you, it was okay. So then you, you home. You're on the bed. I look at myself. Okay, in the dock, and I like don't know. I'm like that person looks so different to me, and it's like the stress that you carry through that shit is like it's in my arm. It's like the way I walk. It's like everything's like off. <sighs> and then at the end of the movie, it's kind of like, oh, there I am. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's lucky. See, that's good that you... But your mom must have been helpful in a way. I'm, I'm so lucky I have a family. I mean, yeah. I was never going to end up on the streets. Like, I have a family who would take me in and, like... And they're not... Like, they were probably always a little hesitant about show business anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. My mom, like, doesn't give a fuck if I yeah. do this or not for, like, right, her yeah. sake. She, like, wants me to do whatever I want to do and be yeah, happy. And actually, yeah. this world terrifies her for, like, very sensible reasons. Yeah. yeah. So, So you were there... You went home and then you auditioned for Glow while you were in England? Yeah, I do a tape for Jen Easton. Yeah. And I'm like, I need, this. like, I mean, I need this. I fucking, this is my. Did you make another rabbit deal? <laughs> I just like, <laughs> oh God, I don't know. I just felt like I needed. I won't need it all if you let me get Glow. <laughs> I just knew not... it was mine. I knew it was mine. I knew it was mine. That's so great. Yeah. And then there we I were. Knew it was mine. And then fucking a month later, I'm in a fucking ring learning how to wrestle. And uh, that's kind of what builds my confidence is like around these amazing women. And we learn to wrestle together. Yeah. And like, fuck me. Like, that is one way to like deal with I remember like the first season, shit. like, you know, when everyone was getting to know each other. Weren't you going through, didn't you have another dude? Right. Well, that, that carried on for a little longer than it should have. Yeah. So oh, that was the dude from when you <laughs> lost your shit. And. <laughs> Same dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember that was a problem for a yeah, while. Yeah. <laughs> didn't he? I think he came to set once, didn't oh, he? Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> 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 yes, it was a problematic relationship that went on way longer than it should have. I'm, I'm getting him confused, though, because Mariana brought some dude. Oh, once, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. That yeah. dude, that, a hairy dude. Was yours a hairy dude? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. That was Mariana's. Yeah. <laughs> We had there was a few dodgy glow dudes around yeah. for the first season for sure. And I think honestly, like that the confidence I gained from the show yeah. 
gave me the confidence to like go I need to be treated better you know like and I am going to like stop this pattern yeah I think it, it seemed like the the show worked that way for a lot of people God, it in, changed in, like in, yeah in in, in 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 among you women yeah you know <laughs> I mean it, you know it was good for me you know I was happy to, to have the gig but I definitely saw yeah. some sort of sisterhood evolving yeah where a lot of people were going through some rough times I mean it seemed like you or like I don't like in and I guess Kia has you know her problems with you know physical problems and whatnot mm-hmm. but like but there was there was definitely stuff going on in that community over yeah. near those trailers <laughs> glow alley <laughs> yeah <laughs> where I'd kind of walk by I'm like all right well they're talking <laughs> hope everything's okay over there <laughs> you know yeah so all right so then you did you just conscience consciously kind of not because you had the gig. Mm. Did you consciously sort of like not pressure yourself to make more music or where were you at with that? So yeah, I focused on that. And then after Glow season one finished, I was like, okay, I'm going to put out this record that I've been like unravelly making over these however many years I was like frozen in time for, which was like three or three years or whatever. And And I piece it all together and I make an album and then I just like spent the, those however many months we're like not doing glow. I do a Kickstarter campaign. Like six, five or six months, right? Yeah. Or, or no, like uh, it, yeah, we shoot for like three and a half, four months, and then until we do press, yeah. you know, there's you know definitely five or six months. Or, yeah. So I toured. I got back on the road. Got yeah. back in the van in Europe. Yeah, and I How and America. I did a tour in America. And How was the draw? No, good, good, yeah, yeah oh, good. really good. Um, so that's nice that I that have, didn't get sad. I'm very lucky that <laughs> yeah. I have a fan base who like sticks by me through everything. That's great. And I've toured a lot over the years of like however many fucking years I've been doing this, like 13 years. Yeah, and you're going out with new material Yeah. now. Yeah, oh, that's so good that you're not showing up and you're like, well, we had to go to a smaller place. <laughs> well, it's like the thing about the reality of like the middle class of the working, uh, of the music industry yeah. is like some days you're in big venues and some days you're in, Tiny I know it's the same with comedy. Yeah, it's like you know. Right. I think that that's something that really needs to be admitted and out there. Is like some days you are playing to like three thousand people, and sometimes you're you're playing to like not many people, and you're that's, like trying to. That's kind but of but not many. Like, what does that mean to you? Are you well, talking forty? Are you talking not 200? forty? Not forty. Like two hundred. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. But you you go in and out of that. Like it's always a battle to like keep drawing people in because sure. there's so much just out to, there, and like, and you have just to get them to know you're going to be in town. The amount of times I've been like blasting it on social media and then I play in Denver and the next day someone comments, when, when are you, you coming, coming to Denver? Denver? And I'm like, fuck you. I don't know if those people are doing that on purpose, but I get that too. It's like, do I need what to- What is that? I don't know, but I, I- Is it like a mess up in the algorithm? But it's so funny. I have the same anger. Like, you know, somehow <laughs> so it's their fault. I, yeah. It's like I did everything I could other than call you. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> So I can't, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Pay attention. I don't, I've been talking, I've been announcing it on my show for three months. Yeah. <laughs> Not my fault. That's so good that you can do that though, announce all your stuff on here. Yeah, but still, you still get people. I it's mean, like, I don't know when you come and do, oh, you know, they right don't pay after attention. it's always, and I, it's I, I, fault. But you do get mad at them, and it's not really, it's like, you, what the fuck <laughs> kind of fan are you? Are you an idiot? Yeah, 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 yeah. What do I got to do? Yeah. So, well, that's good that they stayed with you. So, so yes. over the, over the, Two or three seasons of yeah. Glow, you're able to you know run this material and then finally lay it down, huh? Yeah, and I mean, I just toured like this summer in England at festivals, and we had amazing shows. And I guess like I'm finally at this uh, c- clearing 
mm. where I've like dealt with all the like years of the shit that's been going on, mm-hmm. and now I feel I'm like okay, I can kind of decide what I want to do now. Did you get on your feet financially and everything? Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I mean with Glow, and then we've got one more season. It's nice yeah. that we know. Yeah. That we've got this season, but it's also nice to know it's the last one, as opposed to like waiting every year. Right. You know, kind of half ending it <laughs> yeah. every oh, year. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. And then just sort of like, well, if, if we didn't get another one, that's okay to end <clears throat> there. Yeah. But now they can really end it they're right. Gonna, you know they're going to end it right. I think so. I have no idea how I even fit in anymore. I'm making a movie <laughs> with my daughter. I don't know what. How does everyone come <laughs> back together? They're going to figure it out. All right. I know they will. Yeah. I yeah. know what you mean. I'm like, I feel uh, it's very emotional, Glow. Well, I know, but like, what's going to happen with you and Bash? I know. How does that... What's going to happen? I don't know. I think maybe he comes out fully. Do you think? I think Ronda would accept him. Yeah. I feel like he he could. He should. I hope he does. Yeah. Yeah. But like, are they going to end it where we all get different jobs? <laughs> you know, like... You know, you know what I mean? Like there's like one more wrestling thing and then we all- And then we all separate. And, we, and, and, and then they cut to, maybe the last episode is just like 10 years from now. Oh my God. I hope that we also do a glow movie in like 20 years. Right. Well, you know, we do have that option. Mm. Like they, because it's the 80s, you can literally, they can do an episode. Yeah. The last episode could us be us five years down the line yeah, yeah. in 1992 or three. It's so crazy to think of it being over because it's been such a huge like- life-saving thing in so many ways yeah. you know <clears throat> it happens in a weird space for me because last season i was sort of off on my own mm, yeah and i wasn't yeah. shooting as much so it was sort of it, it happened in sort of a dream state yeah you, you yeah. know yeah yeah and then when i saw it i'm like oh yeah i did that yeah yeah you know, <laughs> i didn't even remember it happening also i was so, uh, so skinny i got lost all that weight <laughs> and then i'm like how come no one asks if sam has cancer oh my god <laughs> he's so skinny because you're on a diet. I know. It's a, but I, I just wanted to lose a few pounds so I didn't get fat during the show. <laughs> and then it felt so good to lose the weight. And so you just kind of got into go, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, that was, uh, I like, you know, it feels good, that control thing. Yeah, yeah. All right. So this record is out now. Did did a label yeah. do this or did you do it? No, this is me. Oh, so, yeah. and that works for you, huh? And it's selling okay? Moment, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I feel like that's what I mean, like at this new place where I'm like yeah you know what do I do next do I do another record on my own I can do that and I'm so yeah. I feel so like who produced it uh multiple people actually because this was like a sort of scrap heap record. yesterday was forever yes yeah. yeah yeah and it's a picture of you looks like Joshua Tree yeah it was in Joshua front. Tree yeah. yeah yeah who's this guy uh Jared Jared is awesome I did like a few songs with him who's he he's uh he lived in LA and we just did session we got put together on like a very annoying like writing camp thing and then we just clicked because a he's, writing camp. Yeah. Who put you? What do you mean? Like those like sausage factory things where you're like oh, oh, right for right, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But we just like liked each other and were both not really liking that world. And we just kind of went to his. I went to his house and he has a studio there and we uh-huh. just wrote songs together and it was really fun. And, and so he was a huge relief during that period of time. Because I, I don't. That's nice. I don't know this whole world of people with one name. Jared Kritstein is is his name. Uh huh. But he's credited as Jared K. Oh yeah, probably just to fit uh-huh. him in. And what about, oh, is that all? <laughs> yeah. And who's Ty? T-H-A-A-E. Who's that guy? Oh, Frederick, the savior of like that period of time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really, he- How do you say his <clears throat> name? Frederick Toe. Toe, okay. So he's, uh, a, I got 
introduced with one of the many thousand managers I've had. I yeah. got introduced to him. And we just, like, we, I love working with him. He's a producer. Yeah, and he's just, like, of the same background as me with, like, I hate to say this, but, like, real music, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, And um, And we just have, like, really good studio chemistry and we'll, like, do a song in, like, four hours and have the best time. And yeah. he became, during that period of time, was a fucking, like, save place for me to go and just like write music yeah and do what i loved and kind of helped me find that again that Great. i actually loved it you know because uh -huh. it's very like it's a very like self-destructive thing when the thing that you like care about the most in the world and then do most of your life adult life is the only thing i've ever yeah. done yeah yeah and then it gets destroyed and you don't know if you're ever going to be able to do it again and mm. you also don't really know like who you are and what you think and how to have the confidence to s you don't even think you're good anymore oh, and there's the like worst. oh my god it's like so it not having like purpose like that was like the most loss i've ever felt in my life like yeah and i guess with like it's probably easier for that to happen with music you know than it is for like what i do even though it's still self-generated mm. you know you do you're sort of at you're kind of beholden to your past success and also, you know, yeah. in styles of the moment. And now it's, I feel like it's so hard for, um, you know, bands now. Like, uh, I'm so lucky that I have that made of bricks yeah. success. Yeah. Because having like a platinum record and a Brit award and like, you know, a number one record in my history yeah. has like always been there. Right. It's always there. It's yeah, like an yeah, accolade yeah. I always carry and that helps right. like, Give you some gravitas. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I worry for the bands that don't get that or have that. And I think. I don't know what they do. It's fucking hard, man. Believe me, I get a lot of records from people who are just, you know, they yeah. got a dream and they're, they're putting it out there. Yeah. I how, mean, it's a matter of like, how, does, how do you get someone to pick it up? How do you get someone to come to Denver? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how is someone going to be like, oh, this is great? Yeah. Because it just, it, there is so much out there. But there it looks is. like, but that, I'm glad that you did this. Thank you. And we're going to start shooting when in february who knows yeah february i heard it was february. i heard the rumor f yeah what do you is that what you heard yeah i think i think that that's what people said from the last right yeah i think so because i'm yeah I, I mean i got cleared to do something in january so oh, great you know, oh that's good yeah so it must be after so we that. might <laughs> <laughs> unless they haven't told me yet my manager's gonna tell me something and then say i gotta go you're not in the season <laughs> You're in one, in one episode. You and yeah. then get on yeah. a plane. Have a fatal heart attack <laughs> in episode one. I got to go. Do you think any of us are going to die? I hope not. Oh, God. That'd be terrible. Yeah. Um, not in real life, but you know. We're all going to die. In, in real life, life, we know we're going to die. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think we need to do that on the show. No. Do we? It's no. a bus accident where we all go. <laughs> we, it would be cool <laughs> if we all just like fly off and explode. Yeah, yeah like great. The end of like the, young the Challengers? Ones. <laughs> yeah. Like the Challenger explosion? That's terrible. That was so brutal. Yeah. Um, all right. So now you've got a new boyfriend. Is he unlike the others? Yes. He's a nice person. Okay, good. Very good well, person. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That's I've growth. I did grow. You seem to. <laughs> Very happy. Self-producing, growth. Yeah. Grounded. Yeah. Uh, know who you are again. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. And if people want to see the documentary of you unraveling, what's that called yeah. again? <laughs> Underestimate the girl. Yeah. Go go watch that because she's a lot better now. <laughs> Do you? How does that end? That documentary. Well, it has. It goes right up until Glow. Oh, okay. The, okay. We, oh, I was good. shooting till Glow. Yeah. <clears throat> So if you want more detailed visuals yeah. of what we've discussed today, <laughs> you can go watch that. And the new record is out. 
on all the platforms. It's out there. And all the pla- places you get records. You Everywhere can get. you can find music, it'll yeah. be there waiting for you. Yesterday was forever. Go go back and listen to all the listen to the evolution. Yeah. Yeah. And wait for what's to come. Nice ending. Nice talking to you, Kate. <laughs> Thank you. See? Quite Quite the uh, roller coaster ride for Kate there, but I'm glad she landed on her feet. It's great working with her. Her latest album, Yesterday Was Forever, is available wherever you get music. You can also watch her in all three seasons of Glow, streaming now on Netflix. And now I will play guitar for you and take a nap.